You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning and welcome to all on this glorious Sunday morning here in Los Angeles. And I'm sure back east at noontime, I'm hoping it's a good day. I don't know if you've uh, had some rain in some parts of the country. Uh, we're, our weather's changing a little bit. It was only in the mid-80s yesterday. So for those of you who like to get jealous about Southern California weather, please do so because we're having it pretty good here. I am your host for the next half hour. I'm Dr. Jeff Werber here with Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio and uh, the only live call-in show here on Pet Life Radio, which means we need you to call in because I hope you're alive. Give us a call at 877-385-8882. Once again, that number, 877-385-8882. It's so easy to get a hold of us. Whatever you have questions about anything, for the last, oh, before we get to that, I, of course, have to thank our sponsors, which are Kong Pet Products and ProSense Pet Products. As a matter of fact, if you get the courage to give us a call or to join in the conversation, if you just go on to PetLifeRadio.com and there's a box, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, just click on it. It'll take you to my page and then you could just come down and join in the conversation or you can send it a quick email to drjeff, that's Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com, and that mail will be forwarded to me ASAP, and we can answer your questions. So as a bonus for just calling in to logging on to asking a question, sending me an email, we will send you out a ProSense and a product and a Kong toy. So um, and Kong is not just a toy. It's great therapeutic benefits for your pets, especially for their oral health, for their anxiety, for the behavior. So there are a lot of benefits to the Kong and ProSense, of course, a vet quality products that you can purchase uh, at your major mass retailers like Walmart. So Anyway, well, last week we've got a great guest who's coming back again next week because of technical difficulties, as they say in our world. We kind of lost about half of her show. So we have Dr. Lenzer coming back next week on the 19th, and we're going to talk some more. So if you have any questions that you want to save up and you save up the courage, and also joining Heather, uh, another sponsor for Heather is Splash Plus. So we will send you out as well a free bottle of Splash Plus shampoo. So, you guys, you can't lose. You can't lose getting your questions answered, your fears allayed, free advice. Just, you know, look, I know I practice every day, and I know that, that it can get expensive. So just think you can join us here at Pet Life Radio, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and get free advice. If you're sort of at that fork in the road, you don't know which direction to take, and you're not sure you understand what your veterinarian is trying to explain to you, just call in, send me the email, and we will help straighten everything out for you and make your decisions a lot easier. So over the last several weeks, before last week, when we uh, had a chance to talk about fall allergies with Dr. Lenzer, we also had been doing a series on problems like vomiting, like limping, that the, the gamut, the range of possibilities is so great. And when to really worry, how to determine, how to differentiate between that which is really serious and that which may not be so serious, when you should rush your pet to the veterinarian, and when you can sit back and try a few things at home. 
And if you have any questions about things like that, please give me a call. We talked about skin issues. We talked about gastrointestinal issues, vomiting and diarrhea. And of course, the many, many limping lameness problems that we see in our pets. And we talked about how they arise. Do they come on suddenly? Are they slowly progressive? Is the pet painful all the time? Is it only sometimes? And help kind of sift through the clinical signs. Because often when you get that really thorough history, and you really evaluate the clinical science, and the doctor does a really thorough physical exam, you can mostly weed out many of the potential problems right away and not have to panic. So it makes it really easy for you guys. And one of the conditions I wanted to talk about today is near and dear to me because I actually have a one of my eight cats is now for the next, till actually the 17th, five more days, he is all by himself in a remote corner of the house in a bathroom. And the reason is, is he is radioactive. And I'm not joking. If I took a Geiger counter to him, it would go off. He is a radioactive cat. And why? Why do I have a radioactive cat? Well, we're going to talk about a fairly common, often misdiagnosed condition in cats, though I have to say probably much more is known about it. Uh, It was a lot more of a problem with misdiagnosis 30 years ago when I started practicing than now, and that is called feline hyperthyroidism. Now, there are thyroid disorders in dogs and thyroid disorders in cats, and typically dogs that present with thyroid problems are hypothyroid. Uh, We see that a lot. For example, golden retrievers are very commonly diagnosed with hypothyroidism, and the typical presentation of a dog with hypothyroidism, which means an underactive thyroid gland. These dogs tend to gain weight. They are kind of a little more mellow and slow moving than they used to. They don't really want to get up and do. They sort of become more of a couch potato. Sometimes their skin can get a little thin. They might uh, lose some hair, sometimes get a little greasy. We call it Severia oleosa. So there are certain problems that underactive thyroid dogs tend to present with. And of course, we make a diagnosis based on lab work. And just as a hint, I would hope that most of your veterinarians know this, but just in case, just in case you have an old timer out there that's fantastic, but may not be up to date on everything. And that is that when you're testing for or having your pet, your dog tested for thyroid disease, there is the basic test that we've all used over the years, and that's called the T4. T4 basically is affected by a lot of other things. So you got to be careful because a lot of dogs can have another condition, another problem, and then suffer from what we call sick thyroid syndrome. So when they present with a low T4 value in the face of some other problems, it may not be true thyroid disorder. So there's a better test that we use, and that is called a T4 by ED. ED stands for equilibrium dialysis. So whenever you suspect or your veterinarian suspects thyroid disease, you want to run that ED because oftentimes dogs can present with a low T4, regular T4, but a totally normal T4 by ED. And if that's the case, they are not truly hypothyroid. And as a matter of fact, when they are healed from whatever condition might have been affecting them, their thyroid level, their T4, regular T4, normalizes, becomes normal, and we realize we did not want to treat unnecessarily and make our dogs hyperthyroid by giving them a thyroid supplement when they didn't need it. So we got to be really careful with that. Now, cats, on the other hand, 
present with a condition that is called hyperthyroid. And hyperthyroidism is an overactive thyroid gland. And that is where, but it's interesting, it's not a cancer per se. Now, when people have present with a thyroid problem, it's often a thyroid carcinoma. In fact, my daughter had it when she was 25, had a papillary carcinoma, and they had to remove the entire thyroid gland surgically. And then because of the spread and other possibility of spread to regional lymph nodes, they had to treat with the thyroid medication. So this is something that is common in people as well when they have a thyroid disorder. They need to have surgery. Cats, on the other hand, present with something called benign thyroid hyperplasia. So the thyroid hormone producing gland portion of the thyroid gland starts, certain areas of that gland start to overproduce. It's not cancer and it's just a overproduction of thyroid hormone. And this typical cat that presents is a cat that has a eating extremely well, but still losing weight. And they are sometimes very active. However, I have to comment that as the disease progresses, if it's left unchecked, then they start getting sick from it. And that same cat that was overeating yet losing weight now starts to become a little more sluggish because they're getting too ill and there are other conditions that are affected by this continuous overproduction of thyroid hormone, for example, liver. And another thing that happens is their heartbeat starts to go up. So years and years and years ago, when these cats would often present to the veterinarian, of course, the veterinarian would do a thorough workup and do a blood test. And Unfortunately, little was known about the thyroid gland, so therefore, we weren't testing for thyroid. But what we were testing for, testing, well, obviously, the liver enzymes. So you see these elevated liver enzymes. You listen to the heart. The heart is racing. You're doing EKGs. It's a normal rhythm, but it's very fast. And doctors were inevitably treating for two problems. They were treating for heart disease, and they were treating for liver disease, when in fact, it was neither. It was the thyroid. So back then... There, once diagnosed, the thyroid scans could be done, and the treatment of choice was to remove the thyroid glands, trying to, and this is very technically difficult as a surgeon, to preserve the parathyroid glands, which are basically sitting right on top of the thyroid, and we were then supplementing with a thyroid supplement, the same basic thyroid supplement that people use after their glands are removed. And that's called, the human version is called Synthroid. We use something called Siloxin. There's also many, many of their Thyrotabs, a lot of brands out there of thyroid supplement. And we used to have to supplement the cats. There are some medications that can be used to sort of modify the effect of the thyroid gland itself. And that's like a Band-Aid. Uh, if you have a cat that presents at 19 years of age, already has other problems, you don't want to subject them to surgery. Now, you don't want to subject them to another treatment that is the treatment of choice nowadays, which is what good old Oreo is sitting in that bathroom by himself, and that is radioactive iodine therapy. Then we used to use this medication called methimazole, and methimazole is something that would make a hyperthyroid cat what we call euthyroid meaning normal thyroid. And that's the other option that we have still to this day, but I don't like it. I don't like it because it's really not fixing the problem. It's just putting a Band-Aid on it. And a lot of times there's so much fear that these cats will not tolerate the treatment or the surgery. 
And I remember my first hyperthyroid cat that I treated back in 1984 was a 17-year-old cat. And the owners were very, very, very nervous about subjecting their 17-year-old cat to surgery. And I went ahead and I performed the surgery. This cat did amazingly well, lived to 19 and a half, which was fantastic. So as long as a cat, I remember one thing about age, age is not a disease. Age is a factor that we have to deal with when choosing and selecting certain treatment options. But it itself is not a disease. You're not going to say to 95-year-old grandma who fell and broke her hip, sorry, Graham, you're 95. We're not going to do anything. You're just going to have to live like it. Instead, what do we do? We work them up. We make sure everything else is okay. And we consider surgery. So that's kind of how we treat our cats as well. So when we come back from our break, because we're at that time, it goes so quickly, we're going to talk about the new, the bestest, the way we like to treat hyperthyroid cats, and that is with radioactive iodine. It is radio radiation, and we've got to be careful. There are certain precautions we have to take after treatment, but it is the way to go, and case in point, my Oreo is doing amazingly well. And when we come back, we'll talk all about it. Stay tuned here on Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio, and we'll be back in just a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's dinner time in America, where more pet parents trust PetSmart for natural and expert recommended foods than any place else. And now, we've added more than 100 new varieties to our already wide selection of your favorite brands, like Simply Nourish, Authority, Wellness, Science Diet, and more. Do what's best for your pet. At PetSmart, happiness in store. Go to PetSmartDeal.com to find out this week's coupon code and save up to 30% on food, treats, toys, and more. And get free shipping on orders of $49. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. I'm home. My hair looks cute. Now what? Bringing home a puppy or new dog is exciting, and he's depending on you to keep him in good health. Dogs need special care to keep them healthy as they grow throughout their entire life. Caring for their health is critical in all stages. With ProSense, it's simple and convenient to give your dog the care it needs with effective and quality products that treat, prevent, and provide essential daily vitamins and minerals. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Hi, this is Teodi Anderson, and I'm the host of Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. We're going to talk about a variety of topics on canine behavior and training, all based on modern methods that are fun for you and your dog. We might be talking about other critters, too. So join us on Get Positive Results. We'll talk about common issues between you and your dog, answer your questions, discuss different activities you can do with your dog, and keep you posted on current canine news and products. All this on Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. 
Welcome back, and thanks for joining us here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff, and I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Werber. And before the break, we were talking about hypothyroidism in dogs and hyperthyroidism in cats, and that's where the thyroid gland becomes a bit overactive. And typically, these cats, as we mentioned, seem to eat like crazy, and they still lose weight. So well, we touched on some of the old-fashioned treatment, which still is done a lot today, and that's surgery. Very effective. You've got to be a little bit careful about the parathyroid glands, which sit right on top of those thyroid glands. And the other thing with surgery, and this is the one thing that can get you into trouble, and that is that even if you were to opt for surgery, it's still beneficial to do what's called a scintography. It's a scan that actually can measure the amount of thyroid hormone, how much iodine uptake is being, these glands are taking up. Why? Because to go into surgery, oftentimes you might palpate the neck of a cat, and you can feel the bulging enlarged thyroid gland of what either side. And if it's only one, you can actually remove just the one. And if successfully done so, and it truly is only one side, you're done. You don't have to do any supplementation. These cats go on to do extremely well. If it's bilateral, both sides, then you need to remove both. Again, preserving the parathyroid, preserving the blood supply to the parathyroid. It's, it's a little challenge. You have to do a few to, to, to really get good at it. But then again, these cats are going to need supplementation. The problem lies, however, where you can't always link the size of the gland with the amount of hormone it's producing. So you can see a really large gland and one that looks totally normal. And you say, oh, so I'm in surgery. I'm just going to take off the big one because I want the other one to stay. And hopefully it'll take care of all the thyroid hormone needs of the cat. And we won't have to supplement, which is great. The problem is you can't always tell just by looking at the gland whether or not it's overproducing. There are a number of glands that we've had scanned that looked and felt normally, but actually were also secreting too much thyroid hormone. And so you're not going to know it until you finish surgery and the cat's up. And then when you find, oh my God, this cat is still hyperthyroid, uh, now you got to go in for second surgery. So it's always better anyway to do a scan. So having given you enough background, and I mentioned early in the show that I have my 16-year-old cat, Oreo, in a bathroom all by himself, unfortunately, uh, for another week, five more days until the 17th. Why? Because he is radioactive. His waist is radioactive. We don't want him hanging around us too much. And we have to use special litter. We use, I'm using that sweet scoop because it has to be flushable. You can't throw the litter away in the garbage. Now, what you can do if you wanted, you can actually store the litter in a big, big bag in your garage somewhere, far away from everybody, for about a month, and then you can toss it after that. So, so anyway, what's going on is that my Oreo was a cat that we rescued at about, we figured, four to five days of age with some litter mates, obviously 16 years ago. Two of the litter mates died within a day. They were literally starving. They were found under a woman's house. She heard this sound at night when it was all quiet in the house. It sounded like little kitties. So she took, uh, asked her neighbor, her neighbor's little boy, like an 11, 12-year-old kid. She gave him a flashlight and said, can you go under the house and just see what's, what this noise is? So this, for this kid, was an adventure. So he said, yeah. So what does he do? He finds four little kitties huddled together. Mom was nowhere in sight. They took the kitties, brought them to us. They kept looking for mom. Mom never came back. The fear was mom was either killed by a car, eaten by a coyote. Who knows what happened? So of the two surviving, they were so weak. We literally needed round-the-clock care. They were too weak to even nurse on a nursing bottle. We had to stomach tube them to feed them. And so 
The two ended up doing very well. After about a week of being stomach tube fed, they started to respond to the, the bottle. They were able to suckle on the nursing bottle. And then we started to give them solid food when it was time, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I gave one to my sister and I kept one. Now, I had no idea what they were because you could fit, they would fit in, the, in one hand. They were so small. Well, this little teeny, teeny black and white cat turned out to what looks like to me is a mix between a Maine Coon because he's got that huge thick tail and a Norwegian forest cat. And if anyone knows cats, these are both very large cats. And obviously, Oreo, black and white, I know, not very creative, uh, read the book. And he is, well, turned out to be a 22-pound monster. And the sweetest cat. In fact, it was so funny because our routine was in the morning, I would take him to the bathroom. And that's where I had all the setup. I had the stomach tube. I had the food. I had everything. And if I tell you for years and years and years, every single morning when I would get up and go take a shower in the bathroom, he would run into the bathroom and follow me. Like he figured, oh my God, I'm going to get food again. This is great. He obviously loved to eat. And even though he continued to love to eat, I noticed over the last, oh, maybe month or two, that he was seemed to lose a little weight. And I figured, oh, you know what? It's his age. So it was time anyway to bring him in for his annual senior physical, which I take blood work and I do your analysis. I take x-rays. And now, mind you, a year ago when he was 15, he was perfect. So that's how this disease can come up. It can come up that fast. So I take his regular test and his normal thyroid, as we mentioned before in the first half of the show, his normal thyroid was high normal is four. He was 4.5. Eh, not that big a deal. And the T4 by ED, which is a much better test, much more sensitive, takes an extra day to come back. Took it back, and it was greater than 100. I said, oh, my God, he is hyperthyroid. Everything else perfect. His liver, his kidneys, everything perfect. So call a colleague of mine, a friend of mine who actually went to school with me. He was graduated a year after me, who started doing he got a, his master's, and um, he does the scanning, the scintography, and the radioactive iodine treatment for cats, which is the best way to go, by the way. So took Oreo over to him, and sure enough, his scan showed this red-hot thyroid gland, one side, and he had to stay in the hospital for a few days over by him, and they actually gave him radioactive I-131, which the thyroid gland takes up iodine and the radioactivity, and what's so cool about this particular treatment, it only goes after the hyperplastic part. It doesn't touch the normal gland. So after successful treatment in 95, 96% of the cases, the cats need nothing else. They don't need any supplementation. They do just perfect. So did the treatment, and when I brought him home, they give you a long list of things you have to do because he's still radioactive. So it's the, the special litter. He's got to be by himself. You know, I can go in and I pet him. They say if, for me, petting him and holding him for one hour is kind of like being subjected to four or five x-rays. So it's not the end of the world. I don't spend that much time with him, but I go in and I pet him and I play with him a little bit and I brush him and I give him food. Boy, his appetite, well, it never really changed. But now the hope is that as his thyroid levels drop because of the radioactive iodine, that he will actually get and use the calories that he's eating. So he is just an amazing cat. Still, by the way, the bathroom I'm keeping him in is that bathroom that he remembered as a little kitty. So he's very comfortable there. And it is the way to go. So if you are the take-home lesson that I'm going to give you about feline hyperthyroidism is the following. Number one is make sure your cats check out 
do that senior physical. And I would recommend, I hope more and more and more veterinarians are now doing it. The cases that have been misdiagnosed, it's because they weren't doing it. And that's the following. Every time, from the time the cat is seven or certainly eight years of age or greater, and your veterinarian is going to run a senior physical on your cat, make sure they include both the T4 and the T4 by ED, equilibrium dialysis. Don't do just the one. Understand that these cats that might have high liver enzymes and very rapid heartbeats, nothing is wrong with the liver or the heart. It's all because of the hyperthyroidism. But there is one catch to these cats, and that is the following. This is a disease of old cats. And the other major disease of older cats, probably the disease that is going to kill more older cats than any other disease, is kidney failure. But because of the hyperthyroidism, because the blood, the heart rate is going faster, so the blood is being pumped faster and more frequently through the filtration system of the kidney, if that filtration system is weak, but the blood gets to go through twice or one and a half times instead of just one time per cycle, then even whatever the kidneys missed the first time, they're going to pick up on that second pass. So what happens is the diseases that we link to kidneys, the enzyme changes, notably the increase in B1, blood urea nitrogen, creatinine, and phosphorus are going to be reduced, those values, in hyperthyroid cats, falsely reduced. So what happens is as soon as you normalize the thyroid gland and the thyroid hormone and the heart rate drops, etc., all of a sudden, the kidney disease that seemed to not be there can start showing up. So we always recommend and warn that if there are any signs of early kidney disease, elevated enzymes, despite the hyperthyroid state, most likely they're even worse than what the blood work may have shown and precautions need to be taken as well. And you can go through those with your veterinarian as far as subcutaneous fluids at home, special diet, etc., etc. So that's the only thing that you have to know when you're dealing with hyperthyroid cats and you're treating them, be it because from surgery, be it from the medication that's going to just decrease the effect and counteract the effect of the increased thyroid hormone, or because in my opinion, the best treatment of choice is the radioactive iodine that understand that during the course, you might uncover some of the underlying hidden kidney problems. So, Keep your minds about on that too and make sure to discuss these many options with your veterinarian. So anyway, once again, that's all that we have time for. Nobody, nobody called. I guarantee people out there listening have had animals with vomiting diarrhea problems, have had limping problems, and I know have had cats with thyroid problems, and I do want to hear from you. We can talk about it. And that the more we talk about things like this, the more we are helping other listeners here on Pet Life Radio. So there's no downside to picking up the phone, giving us a call, sending me a text, joining in on the conversation, and it'll only not only benefit you, but hopefully will benefit our list benefit our listeners as well. So anyway, uh, next week we have Dr. Lenzer coming back, and we're going to talk uh, some more things. We're going to talk about some of her pet peeves, and we will see you then. Have a great week. Thanks again to Kong and ProSense Pet Products for sponsoring our show, and uh, we'll see you next week, same time, nine a.m. Pacific Time and Noon Back East. I'm Dr. Jeff Werber. See you then. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.